This Life Ain't For Everybody racks up more downloads per week than any other podcast combined. Yeah, a thousand million. I go above and beyond on that portion of it. It's not like a get up and do a nine to five. <laughs> it's host Chad Billing. is a brilliant broadcaster, outdoorsman, entrepreneur, and snake milker. Who would say that? But he's also a billionaire, former president, you know, friggin' whatever. Everything you're about to hear is real. Real people, real experiences, and real bullshit. When you have to shit your pants, do you do it in front of her? Well, I like to do in the truck and then lock the windows, you know? They want to make sure that remains private. If I knew the guy that succumbed to that, I would rip his ass. <laughs> Boy, that's funny. This was locker room talk. It makes a little bit more sense now. Kinda. Get ready to experience the audio thrill of a lifetime as Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding. Chad Belding. Everybody, what's up? Chad Belling back at you with another kick-ass episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Today, we're back in the music business. Deemer Box, Jack Daniels present our Artist of the Month, Tim Gooden, country singer, songwriter, country boy, true country music, his outlook, his lyrics, his story, his wife, the way they lay down their lyrics, the way he picks the guitar, his dreams, his aspirations, what it takes to make it in Nashville. Will he even go to Music City, USA and get over there on 16th and 17th Avenue, a.k.a. Music Road? I don't know if he will. He might not. He might stay independent. Independent artists like Cody Jinks and Whiskey Myers are kicking ass in today's country music, rock and roll music industry, selling out arenas, selling out stadiums. Their crowds are awesome. Their support is awesome. Their merch is awesome. And that's the road Tim Good wants to go down. I love this discussion. I truly love talking country music and what it takes to make it in the music business. I think this guy has the right approach. He definitely has the voice. He definitely has the songwriting chops. And I'm fired up for him. This was an awesome conversation. The Deemer Box Artist of the Month brought to you by our friends and family at Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. It's going to be another awesome episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Remember, we got that name out of the great city of Nashville, Tennessee. We're going to break for a couple of commercial reads and uh, pay the bills. But when we get back, Tim Gooden's going to be joining me and we are going to get you fired up about some true country music. Stay tuned. Make sure you're subscribed to Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody to get notification of new episode releases. And you can stream it on SoundCloud, iHeart, Spotify, thislifeaintforeverybody.com, or on your preferred streaming platform. Thanks for listening in. I love snacks. I love protein. I love having it at my disposal at all times. You never know when you're going to get hungry. You never know when that hunt is going to go longer, that drive is going to go longer. Why not make sure that you have a high-protein enriched snack like Jack Link's jerkies, whether it's the sticks, whether it's the cold craft, whether it's the traditional jerky, the flavors, the freshness, the packaging, the design, the entire culture of this business built with Mr. Jack himself, his son Troy. They support the American hunter, their American brand, living the American dream, and they deserve it. I love their snacks, their flavors. I can't go into all of them, but there's the dill pickle. There's the teriyaki, the original, the peppered, sweet and hot. I can keep going on the cold craft side, the salamis, the cheeses, unbelievable innovation into the way snacks should be. No carbohydrates, low in sugar, great flavor, high in protein. Build that muscle. Make sure that you support the companies and products that support us here. And Jack Links is the official snack of the Foul Life Podcast and Benelli's The Foul Life TV. Looking for a high-quality truck accessory that's built to last? Look no further than Lear. With over 50 years of experience in the industry, these guys know what it takes to make your ride look and performance best. Whether you're looking for a fiberglass or aluminum cap, a harder soft cover or accessories to customize your truck. 
Lear's got you covered. Their products are made with only the best materials, and their innovative features provide added convenience and security for truck owners. Head over to Lear.com to explore their range of products and take your driving experience to the next level. Tired of the bullshit skinny jean bro country? And it's not traditional country. On today's episode of Jack Daniels Presents, This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding, we're kicking that trash to the curb. And ushering in an era of old school cool new country music with Tim Gooden. I think that's why I don't relate to uh, the Bailey Zimmermans or the guys that are on mainstream because I don't think we're the target audience. I'm past the party and all night long stage because it hurts like hell the next day if you do it now. And I think that's what a lot of the target demographic of what we call mainstream is 18 to 27 year old range and that just ain't my thing. So I guess that might be a reason I can't relate to it. I don't know. Today's country acoustic set featuring Tim Gooden is brought to you in part by Jack Daniels, Deemer Box, Flask App, The Provider, Nashville Palace, and Scoreboard Nashville. Now, let's join Chad Belding and singer-songwriter Tim Gooden. You in Nashville right now? I'm in Shorter, Alabama. I'm at work. <laughs> you haven't made the, the move to Nashville full-time, huh? We get to where we're doing full-time music. I'll probably move back to Kentucky. How long you been at it? Uh, started back gigging last May uh, it was a year in May we started back are you seeing some success this early are you are you feeling success are you right getting some songs out to you know some co-writes going on and getting some songs to some major publishing or you got a publishing deal at all yet no we don't have any kind of deal we're totally independent uh, so it's um, yeah we've seen a lot of success though I mean what I deem success especially for an independent you know we've million plus streams on Spotify and Apple in the last year you know, I think we've close to a million in the last month and a half combined. So things are picking up steam. We got some big shows coming and it's growing, you know, as fast as we'd like sometimes, but it's growing pretty quick. Is it hard to stay positive when you make comments kind of like not as fast as you like sometimes? Do you, is it hard to stay optimistic in a business that is, you know, there's so many people trying to make it in that business, right? And social media has opened up so many avenues for so many different artists to get discovered, whether it's TikTok or Instagram, Facebook, whatever. But they call Nashville a 10-year town already. You said you're probably not, you're not going to move to Music City. But, you know, being independent has a ton of benefits. Cody Jinx, Whiskey Myers. There's a lot of bands that have done it a lot more than those two, but they come to mind. But is it hard to stay optimistic and, and excited every day when it does seem like it's that long of a road? I mean, yeah, you it's a roller coaster. You know, you got your ups and downs. You got some days you're, you're cloud nine and you got some days you're like, is it worth it still? Uh, but I mean, like you said, social media is the great equalizer. It's there's been plenty of, of other guys that have moved on the heights that I hope to achieve and, and beyond without doing the Nashville thing. And honestly, I mean, now there's getting to be a bigger look at the Appalachian scene or at the independent country scene because of the success of some of these guys that you're seeing out and, and making a living at it. But, you know, mainstream Nashville, I feel like is a little out of touch or a lot out of touch. Uh, you listen to FM radio and you hear the same songs every song every other song is the same song and they all sound exactly the same they're all all about the same thing and just don't have any substance so that's i'm trying to avoid that because you know i want to sing songs that like my friend tony Lowe says sing songs that matters so uh you know that's just kind of where i'm at with it but yeah it, it, it's tough to stay optimistic but you take the good with the bad it's all part of it so when you start saying these artists that are getting recognized because 
of social media mainly, and they're not really in mainstream. What is the path? Do you just keep putting songs out on social media? This this last cat that just got discovered big time, who's got a ton of of notoriety in the last couple of weeks, the last month. I, I don't know. I don't know what his path was, and and I'm talking about Oliver Anthony. I know that you've read on him. I know that you've heard on him a bunch. I know that he's exploded onto the scene with the the Richmond North of Richmond song. Do you? Th- that's the path that you're kind of describing. That it just took one of his authentic songs and his authentic sound to get out there where the American public grasped it. And and they're they're like pretty much demanding like, hey, this guy needs to be, for lack of better terms, famous, but he needs to be seen. He needs to be heard. He needs to be in concert. He needs to be selling out places so people can hear his music. Is is that kind of what you're describing? Yeah, I mean, that's one way is go viral. Another way is to just grind it out and keep going too. I call it like a hybrid of the new old fashioned way. One gig at a time, one fan at a time. But the hybrid is that you got social media involved too. And so you get a little bit of virality, I guess, that goes with it. You know, you have certain songs that hit good and that can boost your numbers. Um, I think a lot of people, are they're craving authentic music that they can relate to. I mean, you can only hear so many sitting on the tailgate drinking beer down a dirt road songs. That's the reason I think he hits, because it's relatable to so many different people. And it's a real song. It's about real things. And uh, I know people just like Oliver Anthony that are as talented or more talented that uh, nobody's ever heard of. But their songwriting and, and performing is as good or better. And, you know, it's just, I think him blowing up is a, is a good thing for all of us that's independent because, you know, rising tides raise all boats. So that kind of deal. I know when, when he hit my Spotify numbers, I guess, cause we're similar, you know, they jumped from 30,000 monthly listeners to a hundred thousand just because the algorithm on Spotify just, linked us together is kind of the same genre so people started discovering and i think people are hungry for real authentic music that uh, they can relate to so i think that the path is different for everybody that's the thing it's not a one size fits all it's a new world we're living in <laughs> social media is everything tim gooden are you anti new country the stuff that's coming out of music city right now don't, don't get me wrong there's been some stuff that that I think is pretty country. I think Stapleton, I don't even know if you could describe Stapleton as country. He's another Kentucky boy, um, but he's unbelievable. I think John Party's got some good country roots and he keeps it pretty traditional with a country sound in the mainstream. Are you anti-Nashville? Are you anti-country radio? Because I've been saying it on this podcast for for three years now that country music should be played on country radio and that when you turn new country radio on, whether it's the highway or one of these, you know, local radio stations, that's playing updated country. I call it cubicle country because it just seems like all these robots are in these cubicles, just pushing songs out that like you just described sound the same tailgates girl and Daisy Dukes dancing. There's a war there or not a war, but a County fight and they're crossing the County line and they're fight. It's like all the same themes all the time. And then you made a comment that they do sound, the same and so many of the new singers sound the same like are you a fan of it are you anti of it do you get jealous of it or are you just calling a spade a spade like is bailey zimmerman talented like the guy can he really sing or is it just something that all of a sudden they get some notoriety and a manager gets them and they know how to publicize these guys and showcase and market and promote these guys is bailey zimmerman really a country artist can he sit down on a stage with jamie johnson in a pedal steel and sound freaking country or is he a little bit more 
progressive rock and roll from Detroit kind of music and he needs a backing band. He's not really going to play an instrument. I don't know. I just don't look at him and go, man, that son of a bitch reminds me of Don Williams or Waylon or, or George Strait. Like, I don't get that out of this popularity of these new artists. Now, look, everybody has the right to make money and everybody has the right to, to showcase their talents and it's free enterprise and entrepreneurial spirit and business. And But is the real talent really what's being heard on country music so back to my question tim gooden after my little rant there i apologize um are you anti-nashville and what's coming out of it right now i'm not anti-nashville but i'm not a fan of nashville either you know it's uh you know like you said you named some guys there that are i think chris stapleton's about as genuine as you can get he's humble and he's uh phenomenally talented i've never i can honestly say that i've never listened to bailey zimmerman i don't know one way or the other on him, but I, I'm anti-pop music being called country music, and then country music being called Americana. I think it's a bunch of horse shit because I think what they're deeming Americana is actually country music these days, and then what they're calling country music is is pop. I mean, for the most part, you know, you've got certain examples or certain standouts that aren't that don't fall in that category, but. For the most part, what you hear on country radio is is pop music, and I honestly I don't listen to country radio at all. So I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm anti Nashville, but I'm not scratched and clawing to get into the Nashville scene. Let me ask you this, Tim Gooden: If you were called by what Bailey Zimmerman's camp on a new tour that he's going to do because he's opening for Morgan Wallen with Hardy right now and Ernest a little bit, Ernest has got some vibe. You can't argue that these guys are are doing it like they're doing it, and they're reaching success hardy's written some big songs i mean he's been songwriter of the year i mean the guy's done it right like if bailey zimmerman calls tim gooden's camp and your manager calls you and says hey man i know you're in alabama you're working but we just got an offer to go open for bailey zimmerman for for his uh spring 2024 tour do you do it or do you take a chance of getting grouped into a genre that you're not ready to be grouped into no, you don't you don't do it and it ain't because uh him in particular or anything like that it's just Fans that are going to listen to his concert are most likely not going to become fans of mine because our music, from what you're saying, like I said, I've not really listened to Bailey, but I'm just assuming that our music is nothing similar in the least. So I don't think it would benefit me any to open for him. I don't think we would gain any. We might gain one or two fans out of the thousands that show up to it because that's just not the music they're listening to. They're listening to his. What about Luke Combs? What about Luke Combs? Would you go on tour with Luke Combs? I would go on Combs, or tour with Luke Combs because I think Luke Combs is, uh, I respect Luke Combs. He's a songwriter. You know, I respect people that write their own stuff. Eric Church, I'm a big Eric Church fan because he writes a lot of his own stuff. I'm more uh, apt to the songwriters that write substantial songs that people can relate to than, uh, just somebody that's got a song that puts out a single. It's got 10 writers on it that follows the script of Nashville. I'm just not interested in that kind of thing. And that's, that's where I'm at with what we're doing. We're trying to play shows that make sense and with people that we enjoy listening to, because that's the thing when you play a show with somebody, you got, you're going to listen to their set. So hopefully you, you want to be able to enjoy it. Otherwise it's a job and it's not fun anymore. I love the comment you made about Americana and country music being deemed or termed Americana. Some of my favorite artists that I run with that I listen to that are on my playlist are Brent Cobb, who's one of the best songwriters in America of all time of all time. I don't care who you put him up against. The dude can write with anybody. <clears throat> Adam hood from Alabama, the state you're sitting in is another one. Every time you hear about, Oh, I'm on the Americana charts. Well, 
Brent Cobb, Shine On Rainy Day, that song and that album should be heard by every single person that lives in the United States and that that wants to hear real country music. Adam Hood's new record is absolutely unbelievable. And then I'll end it by saying another guy that gets deemed Americana all the time, who's the absolute best, in my opinion, of all time in writing is from Kentucky is Chris Knight and the world really never got to know Chris Knight because he didn't want to do the Nashville deal. Right. And then he's written some of the best, the insane, his songs are gold. They're magic. They're life right there. When you hear a Chris Knight song, you're just like, Oh my gosh. Like I just saw God. Right. Like, and I mean that like they're baptism to me when I hear his lyrics, but you made a great point to him is that, they automatically go to this Americana deal that when back in the day, when country music really exploded, when when it went from like when the Bee Gees were hitting in disco in the late 70s, mid 70s, and you had this outlaw movement of Willie and Waylon and David Allen Coe and Johnny Paycheck and Jerry Reed and all these guys coming up. And he got into the 80s and you had the outlaw movement. And then all of a sudden in the late 80s. This explosion happens, right? You had all these music, Dwight Yoakam and Tritt and Chestnut and Tracy Bird and Alan Jackson and Garth Brooks. And you, I'm missing some, but that hat pack and that 80s explosion, it was country, man. If you go back and listen to a Mark Chestnut album, it would be deemed Americana today. If you go back and listen to Tracy Lawrence, who has the voice of a freaking angel and his country as hell. He would be deemed Americana today by the standards that me and you were discussing, Tim. And that is not what country music is. So I couldn't agree with you more. Do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I agree with you. Chris Knight, every time you I mean the man don't have a bad song, every time you hear him play, it's you're going to school and when listening and learning. That's what I am. Got to play a show with him last year, man. And it was just a very cool experience. And Adam Hood, everyone that I've met so far and become friends with, or I consider friends is uh Man, they've just been super nice. You know, Adam Hood is about the nicest fellow you ever meet, on top of being a great singer-songwriter. Drayton Farley comes to mind, too. He's just phenomenal. Got a show with him tomorrow night. You know, those guys are the ones that I look up to and respect, and, and they're they're paving the path. And, and, you know, I feel like for what we're trying to accomplish, you got Sturgill Simpson and, and Tyler Childers, and both of those have been deemed Americana. And uh, I feel like they're the ones that really paved the path for a lot of this, what would be deemed Americana artists you know that they went their own route and, and made it happen they ended up getting record deals and then you know i know sturgill put out that rock album to get out of his record deal but uh it's those guys that that are paving the path it's and i think right now you've got a real struggle between what is considered mainstream versus what is considered uh roots americana music uh which i call real country but there's a change happening uh, if you if you watch it, there's a there's a flip happening right now where people are craving more of that music that they can relate to versus the tailgate stuff, and you see a lot of a lot of guys and and women that are just are, are blowing up right now and really coming into their own. Sierra Farrell, I'm a I think Sierra Farrell is probably one of the best female singer songwriters out there right now. She's phenomenal. See her. Hold on a second. I, I don't want to miss this because I, I love, this is what I love about conversation and podcasting is that I meet a cat like you and then you turn me on to a girl like her. Sierra, what? Pharrell? Pharrell, yeah. First one that comes up, man, on Apple Music of a Sierra. Yeah. So, you know, she did Holy Roller with Zach Bryan. What do you think of Zach Bryan? He's had an explosion and he stayed independent. He's protected his fans. He seems like he's got it going on, right? Do you respect his career? He's kind of moving to mainstream, but just by sheer popularity, I don't think it's anything different that he's doing with his music. 
But uh, yeah, I feel like he's staying true to who he is, and I feel like I'm proud for him. Wish him all the best. I like what he's doing. I haven't really gotten into him to be 100% transparent. I don't listen – it seems like if I was in college right now that that would be my gig, but I'm so stuck in in my own way of listening to – I'm going to say something that I've said on many podcasts, but like I listen to that Lonesome Song album at least twice a week, right? I think it's one of the top all-around albums of all time in country music. You mentioned Sturgill and Tyler, but I think what Jamie Johnson did with his career um, is along the same lines, and that was 15 years ago that he – he lit. I remember I was with an artist and he played Sturgill Simpson's. Uh, what is that song called? Uh, King of Shit Mountain, or You Can Keep the Crown, You Can Have the Crown. Yeah, we were bass fishing and he played that song. And this was a big time artist. I just was lucky enough to, to be hanging with and after a hunting trip and fishing. And he says, This is our new Jamie Johnson. That was his exact words. And what he meant was that Jamie was supposed to be this Mount Rushmore, like he was supposed to be the new Bo Cephas who. I think is like a cloud above Mount Rushmore, right? When it comes to the greatest of all time, you got to be the coolest dude in the world to write the songs that Bo Seafish wrote and to sing and have that kind of career. You got to be the coolest cat in the world. In my opinion, I don't think anybody will ever be Hank Williams Jr. But Jamie Johnson has that mystique of like, I don't give a shit. I'm going to develop a cult audience. I'm going to have Willie Nelson's audience, you know, uh, and he's got the respect from everybody from the late Charlie Daniels, from the late George Jones, um, George Strait and him are good friends. You name it. He's the one that these guys all lean on, whether it was Farm Aid or whatever it was. I think that Jamie Johnson was kind of like that path. And when I hear your songs, I hear I hear Jamie in there. I hear this crooner. I hear what you call the uh, son of the Appalachia. Jamie's obviously from Alabama again, where you're sitting right now, but I hear a Jamie Johnson esque voice and approach to music when I hear you. So I wanted to get to Jamie and it was a good segue because you brought up Sturgill and Tyler. I think Jamie really did that well of like, dude, I don't give a shit about your number ones. I don't care about your stadium shows. I'm country music and I'm going to write my own songs and sing them. And it's up to you whether or not you want to play him or listen to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And Jamie's a big influence on me. I've been told a lot that I'm a cross between Jamie Johnson and Travis Tritt, which I think is a big compliment because I'm a huge fan of both. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's my thing, too, is last year, last January, uh, 2022 January, I had a record label reach out because we had some success on TikTok and they were wanting to work and develop me and, we talked back and forth, but they didn't think that my songs were quite good enough to uh, do any radio success. And I said, well, I appreciate that. And that, that left them confused. And they said, what do you mean? And I said, well, most of everything I hear on the radio, I, I can't stand to listen to. And then uh, they wanted me to come to Nashville and write with some of their writers. And I said, no, thank you. And they said, why? And I said, because God forbid we write a song that's a radio hit that I hate and have to sing it for the rest of my life. I said, I'm not interested in that either. And so we decided to, it'd be best to part ways. And because uh, I mean, I wasn't worried about it. I got a job. My bills are paid. You know what I mean? I'm not dependent on it right now. And I want to put out stuff that I'm proud of that if my grandkids here one day, they'll be like, yeah, that's my papa or something. You know, I don't want them to say, oh, God, I don't, I don't want to be associated with him. Uh, I want some more stuff that I'm proud of that I want other people to be proud of that people can relate to. And so, uh, you know, we take our time on writing songs. We don't crank them out left and right. We just uh, we make sure we go line by line and make sure they make sense to us. And, and that's what I'm after. That's what I'm chasing. It's just it's all about the song. Yeah, I love that. And I think that, you know, when you talk about there is a change being made, it's evolving. 
I keep my fingers crossed every day. Maybe Nashville is putting out music for that really young crowd that's going to fill the stadiums and have their iPhones up recording it and putting it on their social media and their songs relate to maybe that poppy. There's so many artists that that are crossover now that are getting that crossover audience that are going to a Taylor Swift show, but then going to a Morgan Wallen and then going to a Beyonce because the music is being played. I mean, Morgan Wallen stuff is being played on those channels that those artists are being played on. And no disrespect to them. They got their spot. They're talented. But just maybe they're, the record labels are going to say, man. It's all about money. I mean, that's what they're after. They're trying to chase the dollar. What's the sound that's going to give them a give them the most return on their investment. And uh, that's not important to me. I don't care about money. There's more important life things in life than money. And so that's why I won't compromise the songs that we put out or the sound that we're chasing just to earn a dollar. It is what it is. If it sells great, if it don't, well, that's fine too. Yeah, I get that. And it's just like, but maybe there's a transition being done to where they want a new audience. Like they see this audience gravitating towards music like you and the response that these real songs, these emotional heartfelt songs are getting. Do you remember the song that Jamie did called um, can't cash my checks? Mm-hmm. Don't you think that that song should have been heard by the masses? Isn't that a song that 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 has real life written all over it? Like, and and I I don't mean to keep going back to Jamie, but I just I hear a lot of of him and you with your songwriting. I just think that maybe there might be a transition or an evolving state of mind that these record labels aren't going to have a choice but to bring it back to that. Now there's still that's probably not going to prevent some of these artists from selling out stadiums. But I saw Riley uh, Green just has Tracy Lawrence coming out on his new tour. I don't know a lot about Riley Green. He's been on the podcast a couple times, but I do know that Tracy Lawrence is a legend, right? So these guys, Jason Aldean brought him out last year. Travis Tritt's still selling out a lot of places. Maybe there is hope that real country music will make its way back into Music City because that's what built Nashville. And it's a shame that if you listen to the song that Stapleton did called, I think it's called Nashville, Tennessee. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, he's pretty much saying, I'm moving out because you wrecked it. You tore it down. You tore down my dreams. You tore down my memories. You tore down my stories all because of the greenback dollar. Maybe people are starting to say, we better get our ass in gear and get country music back into into tent, you know, into Music City, USA, because that's what built that city. Or do you think it's too late? No, I, I, I think the shift is happening. I mean, I've seen a lot of guys that are signing record deals. To, you, know, you got White Flores and Nolan Taylor just signed. Nolan Taylor and All Our Anthony just signed with Atlantic, and then you got Charles Wesley Godwin. He just signed a record deal. So I mean, I think you're seeing that transition back to authentic music so i don't think it's too late no i think uh, country music evolves and i think that right now we're evolving back into what i would call well songs that matter lyrics that people relate to it's a positive direction that we're headed so i'm excited for it i like hearing that i like hearing that you're optimistic what do you let's get into your career now son of the appalachia you have number 11 on the itunes country chart when it first comes out your ep you're, you're seeing success. Your Spotify downloads and listenership and monthly listenership is awesome. Listenership. Um, it continues to grow. Are you a solo songwriter? Do you only co-write with certain individuals that have your same vision? Or do you let people bring you ideas? Give me the process of Tim Gooden's ideology 
of putting a pen to paper and writing a song that you are going to put your stamp of approval and your name on, like you said, your grandchildren would be proud of? Mostly I write with my wife, Leanna. So we, we co-wrote just about every song that we put out with the exception. I think hard times I wrote that one by myself, but every song that you'll hear, most of them, me and my wife wrote together and that's just our process. We'll, we'll sit down and, and one of us will have an idea. We'll, we'll have heard a line in a conversation that we think that'd be a good song. We think in what would be a good song <laughs> lyric. So whenever we're talking to somebody, if we hear something that, Hey, that could be a song. So we write it down and then we come back and visit later and, We'll write out a rough draft of the song, then we'll go back through it line by line. That's our process. And then uh, you get some songs that are written in 10 minutes, and you get some songs that take two years. Pills and Poverty took two years to write. Son of Appalachia took 30 minutes to write. You know, it's just, uh, I don't know. There is no set process, I guess, really. It's just when it happens, it happens. Do you sing any of your songs? Like if I was going to say, like I know I love the acoustic version of Pills and Poverty, could you just sing a line of that song that stands out when you wrote it? You're like, man, I like that. That's got to go into a song. Can you give me one? Can you give me an idea of, of a lyric that made you the, the hair on the back of your neck stand up? Walking around, oh, it seems so strange. I don't know the faces, but I know the names. That line right there. We sung that one. That one came out. Me and my wife both looked at each other. Because drugs change your appearance so much that you don't recognize people, but you know their names, but you don't know the, you, you, they don't look the, nowhere like they used to. That was one line that when we wrote that, we were, we both just kind of looked at each other. Cause usually it's the exact opposite. I love that. Cause usually it's, you walk into a class reunion and you don't, you recognize the face, but you don't know any of the names and you're turning that around. That's pretty badass. Yeah. Give me one more off of Appalachia um, that that stood out in that song. She likes to smoke marijuana. It helps to ease her mind. It keeps her thoughts from wondering. And it's better than the pills prescribed. Uh, that's uh, because, you know, there's so many side effects that go along with all these mood-changing pharmaceuticals that, you know, you don't have that with weed. And, and I'm a big proponent of medical weed and, and – uh, that was one that I don't know where that one even came from. It just kind of popped out one night. And we was like, well, we're going to go with that. I love it. What about hard times? What were you thinking when you write hard times? Hard times, me and my wife were talking about some people in her family and some other people that we know. And it's that song just, that was one of those five minute songs. It was done. Let me hear a line out of it. Uncle Charlie got fried last Saturday night, trying to steal copper from the power lines. Cops showed up, told us how he died. Weren't none of us a bit surprised. <laughs> He's had a hard time. Uh, that one, the, the first line, Uncle Charlie, he don't really exist. That was uh, when I was working in the coal mines, there was a guy broke into a substation trying to steal some wire and got, I mean, just fried barbecue like there was nothing left of him hardly he was charred and i remembered that and i was like well you know he was in a bad place he was desperate trying to need, get cash for drugs and that's that's what called it and then uh i don't know my i got adhd i don't know if you can tell so i my thought process goes from every which direction you can possibly imagine that's why when we come up with the line we got to write it down or record it or else i'll forget it typical songwriter but nowadays you probably use your iphone a lot right you wake up in the middle of the night with a song idea i've got some voice memos and notes in my phone if i ever lose my phone we'd have to we'd probably lose the 
the chance at probably 50 or 60 different songs that's started in there. You better back them up on the cloud, boy. <laughs> um, have you heard of this cat, Zach Top? Yeah. Yeah, I met him. He uh, He's a good guy, man. He's a, He's got a straight 90s country vibe to him, man. I like him. Big fan. Yeah, I like him too. But that last song that you just sang, Hard Times, has that. It almost had that Joe Diffie, Third Rock from the Sun kind of vibe to it, you know, of down at the Shoney parking lot. And like, they don't effing make country music like that anymore, man. In reality, they do. You're writing it. You're living it. And I just wish that it was considered the top, like play country music on country music radio. Because that when you hit that just now, I'm like, that brings me back to when. I was growing up. I'm older than you. I'm 48. And I got to grow up, you know, with the hat pack and, and, and going to Travis Tritt and Tracy Lawrence when they were in their prime. And I still, I think Travis Tritt's one of the best ever. I think Dwight Yoakam's one of the best. I mean, Dwight Yoakam's a genius. And in, in my opinion, in, in his career, I just don't hear that in music anymore. What you just did that song, that lyric, the way you did, give, give it to me one more time. Give me a little bit more of hard times. I love that shit. Cousin Red started smoking meth from a pipe. All he could think about was his next high. Started stealing everything he could see in sight. He got arrested last Tuesday night. He's had hard times these last few years. See, like that's just got Travis Tritt and Randy Travis. Like it really does. Like it's a good country vibe. And when I when I got the idea, you know, got the I guess the offer to bring you on the show, I started listening to it. I'm like, yes, this is the kind of music that I want to be behind because it just, it brings me back to a place where I like to be. It brings me back to what I consider country music. And I'm not, I don't want to show any disrespect to Bailey Zimmerman. I don't want to show any disrespect to any artist. And I don't even know if it's their fault that they're getting put into this category and bouncing around on stage with cutoff shorts and high tops on and looking like a Slipknot concert or a, a Red Hot Chili Peppers concert, is it their fault? Is that really a country audience is going to see now? I used to go to a country show and watch Merle Haggard fall off his stool and sing country songs. Like that, the hag was like the baddest son bitch alive, right? But you go now and it's like, God dang, man, this isn't got a lot of country written on it. There's a lot of tracks here. There's a lot of bullshit here. And again, like they could come at me and say, dude, you're disrespecting artists. No, I'm not. I bet you me and Bailey get along if we went and hung out. I guarantee it. But I'm just saying, like, is that really country? I want to challenge it. Like, you can't persuade me that's country music. And you're not going to give me the excuse, well, it's a melting pot and it's diverse and country music's evolving. No. Country music is country music. And that's why people like Jamie Johnson and Sturgill Simpson and you refuse to play by the freaking rules. You listen to Whiskey Myers and the songs that Cody Cannon has written that he's got more country songs than the country artists and he's a rock and roll band. He doesn't try to say I'm, that we're country, but he, you listen to the ballad of a Southern man like that should be the biggest country radio hit in America right now. And it's 10 years old, mm -hmm. but it stayed independent. Like, when you sang those three songs right now, like that's the kind of music that needs to be on country radio. And your approach is just kind of, Hey, look, if it happens, it happens. I'm making money. I got a living. I'm all about the lyric. I'm all about the song. The, the question though, Tim is, are you working as hard as you possibly can to make a career in music? What does it take from the artist? I don't know. We ain't got there yet. <laughs> How many hours a day do you have to spend on it? I feel I tell everybody I work two jobs. I work my day job and I work my music job too. So I mean, it's done. I consider both of them full time at this point because it's like a weekend before last. You know, we did 
2,200 miles in three days. You know, I mean, we're, we're, we're putting the time in, we're pounding the pavement. We're playing the best shows that we can play, you know, get trying to gain one fan at a time, whether or not we get played on country music, that ain't up to me. I don't worry about the things I can't control. I worry about the things I can't control. I can control my effort. I can control my dedication to it. And that's all I can worry about to worry about anything else. Other than that is a waste of time. In my opinion. You know that old analogy, I'm just waiting for the phone to ring? That's a good song right there for you. Like, just waiting for the phone to ring. And maybe there's some, like, uh, there's some <laughs> metaphors that you could put in there about, like, I don't know what they're going to say. You know, like, I'm not a songwriter, but maybe me and you could pin this one together that th- this country artist is working his day job and he's just waiting on that phone to ring. And maybe you can relate it to your day job, but your mind is telling you, well, maybe Mr. Record Executive's finally pulling his head out of his ass and knowing that this is real country music. There's something there. I'm just saying. Co-write status on that one, Tim, when you when you lay it down. Um, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. Huh? Just waiting on the phone. Waiting on the phone to ring. Because are you? Because you just said you don't can't control what you can't control and you don't worry about what you can't control. But do you want the phone to ring, Tim? Do you want that phone to ring and have somebody tell you, hey, it's time? I always say comparison is the thief of joy. So you can't see what other people are doing and see if they get success. You can't let that bother you that you've not hit that plateau yet or you've not hit that point in your career yet. Or I can only control what I, what I, the effort that I put in. That's all I, that's the only thing I can control. I cannot control whether people like it. I cannot control whether booking agents want to, come on and work with us. I can't control if a record label wants to spend money on me and and help me put my stuff out there. I can't control that, but I can control, I can control the effort that I put into it. And that's just, I mean, that's all I can do. I can, I can control how much I tried to become an even better entertainer, better performer. That's the stuff that I worry about. That's the stuff that I work on because that's the only thing that's in my control. Everything else is out of it. What kind of entertainer are you? You know, I just go out and uh, interact with the crowd. I like to play the songs. I play real country music. If you're there to hear real country music, then you'll leave happy. And if you're not, if you're there to see somebody dancing around on stage and acting fool, then you're probably going to leave disappointed. Do you move around? Do you take the mic off the stand? Do you pick the guitar? Are you a picker? Can you can you manipulate the guitar string and bend them? I play guitar. I'm not. I always said if I was a better guitar player, I'd probably be a bluegrass uh, singer, but I can play rhythm pretty good, do a few lead licks, but we're putting a band together. That's, that's freed me up to do a little bit more, but, uh, you know, most of the shows at this point have been acoustic. So I, I ain't got much freedom to just roam around with the microphone in the hand or anything. Cause I got, I got to play the music too. Do you have goals to become a better musician along the way as a vocalist and a songwriter? Do you want to become a better guitar player? I'd love to play lead and, and learn to do some bluegrass licks, but that's the benefit too of the band that I'm putting together. You know, I've got a extremely talented band that we've got put together here and I don't know why they've agreed to play with me, but I'm so glad that they'd have. And uh, they're all better musicians than I will ever be. And so I've always been in the mindset, if you want to be better, you got to be with people that are better than you. So if you want to play better, you got to play with somebody that plays better than you because that makes you want to do more. Or it does me. You know, that's how my mind works. A hundred percent. What? Who do you? Who do? Who does inspire you? That we have heard of. Who are your inspirations right now that you do listen to? I know that you mentioned Sierra, but who do you? Who do you turn to and listen to and say, "Man, I, I could get into this." We could probably do the whole rest of the podcast on this. I mean, I'm a 
you got Sturgill and Tyler, and uh, you got some guys you probably not heard of. Jordan King, he's a phenomenal songwriter, one of the best songwriters I've heard. Drayton, a buddy of mine named Anderson Ellswick, he is a phenomenal guitar player, singer, and songwriter. Uh, there's so many to think of that I, I'm kind of drawing a blank. But yeah, I listen our rotation on these trips because my wife travels with me everywhere I go. We listen to a lot of Sturgill, Tyler, Jason Isbell, I think is one of the greatest songwriters of our generation. I mean, there's just, there's a bunch. We don't listen to radio at all. We usually get on YouTube and we've got several YouTube playlists that we, we run through and cycle through. And, and we listen to people that makes us want to write and, you know, listen to other people that come up with a, a, a clever way to put a, a line in a song that makes you think deeper than just the, the line itself. That's the kind of stuff that makes us want to write better and be better at what we're doing. Yeah, I love that. Do you write every day? Uh, play every day. Don't write every day. I mean, writing is, like I said, I, I don't have a set writing routine. Uh, we've been kind of uninspired in the last little bit. So we, we got a vacation. So we play Hill and Appalachia next weekend. Then we're going on vacation that following week. Just try to get some new scenery in. But it's a uh, writing is it happens when it happens. We get a line that just hits and then all of a sudden the whole thing takes off. And then there's the frustrating side of that. When you get a line that hits and it's a really good line, you get a really solid verse and you can't think of a thing else to go with it. <laughs> and you got to sideline that song until something else hits you. Yeah, it's it. It's weird. So when you wrote down that line about the phone ringing, does your mind with your ADD go, is it hard to keep talking to me? Or do you get stuck on that? Like, man, I got to concentrate on that right now. Or or did you just put that to the side and say, I'll get to that later? I'd put it to the side and I'll get to it later, but I'm still thinking about it. <laughs> I was thinking of the melody that would go with it, how the song would sound, the tempo of it. Just sitting here waiting on the phone to ring. Somebody finally wants to hear me sing. My song and it's taking. I'm just sitting here waiting on the phone to ring. I love that, dude. That's country. I'm. I, I like that. I think I can't wait to hear you when it comes out. Um, what is it about that line that would make you act that way? Like, I'm not trying to stay on that particular line, but what makes you go? Wait a minute, I like that. Does it automatically go? Well, that hasn't been done before. You know that people in country songs have written about phones and being on the phone and talking and all that. You got to put your own spin on it. But what what is it that gets you going when you hear something like that? Because it hasn't been done before. No, because it opens up a whole world of a story that you can go along with it. I mean, that line could be associated with about 45 different stories. And then it's picking what story makes more sense for that line. I don't know. That's just kind of how I go about it. Yeah, it could be kind of like a, a maturity. So I mean, it could be about music. Or it, could be, it could be about music. It could be, yeah. could be about a doctor. It could be about a job. It could be about a woman. It could be about anything. I love that. There's like different stages in your life. Like when you're 16, I'm just waiting on the phone to ring. I asked her on a date. Da, da, da. And then it can, and then it kind of goes into the next part of your life. You're waiting on the job to give you the job. And then the end of it might be like, now I'm sitting here waiting on the phone to ring, hoping somebody wants to hear me sing. Like, I, is it okay for songwriters to talk about singing? Because some songs you hear about, wrote this song for you, you know, stuff like that, for lack of better words. But you know what I mean? Like some songwriters put the actual act of singing in their lyric. Do you like that? Yeah. I mean, you know, it just depends on the context of everything. Everything is everything's relevant, I guess, you know, it just depends on what the story is, what the outline is. I think, you know, he's talking about different stages in life too. That made me think, I think that's why I don't relate to uh, the Bailey Zimmerman's or the, 
the guys that are on mainstream because I don't think we're the target audience. I don't think I'm the target audience. I'm 35, you know, I'm shooting. I'm, I'm past the party and all night long stage because it hurts like hell the next day if you do it now or if it does me. I can't stand a hangover. So, and I think that's what a lot, I think a lot of the target demographic of what we call mainstream is, uh, you know, that 18 to 27 year old range and, that just ain't my thing. So I guess that might be a reason I can't relate to it. I don't know. But I just, that's where I'm at in life. I like the stuff that I've lived through. That's Tim Gooden right there. We're going to break for commercial. We got to pay the bills, Tim. We got to pay the bills. You know, like you got that day job. This is my day job. We're going to break here. This is an awesome conversation. I love hearing this cat's inspiration. I hope y'all are enjoying our conversation with the great Tim Gooden, an up and coming badass country music singer songwriter, the son of the Appalachia. We'll be right back after these words from our sponsors. Thank you all for listening to This Life Ain't For Everybody. Be sure to listen to every episode of Jack Daniels Presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding by streaming it on SoundCloud, iHeart, and Spotify or by visiting thislifeaintforeverybody.com. Have you heard of the fun button? Flascap has reinvented the way we use tumbler cups. Everybody's got a tumbler cup. Come on, let's admit it. This tumbler cup is different. The matic lid is different. The six, the nine. Nobody wants glass in their boat. Nobody wants glass anywhere because of what can go wrong. If you go into your buddy's boat and glass breaks, that's a no-no. So you got your mixers in the cool. You might have a two liter of Coca-Cola, classic Coke Zero. You might have some club soda in a plastic bottle or a can, stuff that doesn't break and get glass that's nasty and will cut your feet up like no tomorrow. The flask cap allows you to store your spirits your jack daniels in that matic lid and with one touch of that fun button it disperses a shot into your mixer down there with your ice your coke whatever it is you can have vodka you can have gin you can have tequila we choose jack daniels tennessee sour mash whiskey and you have your cocktail for the day Remember to enjoy it in moderation. Never allow underage drinking. Be safe. But Flask Cap supports the culture of the American outdoorsman, the American outdoor enthusiast. And they keep it safe, they keep it ethical, and they keep it fun. The entire brand, the culture, the messaging is exactly what we're all about here at The Foul Life. We're proud and honored to be teamed up with Flask Cap. Check them out at Flaskap, F-L-A-S-K-A-P dot com. And you are going to be so happy and take pride. Get your name on it. Get your logo engraved on it. Again, it's all about moderation. It's all about safety. Be careful with that fun button. One is enough. Two can be a lot of fun. Three is way too many. But you're going to keep that glass out of the boat, off of those beaches, and you're going to have a blast consuming alcohol through the Flask Cap. Again, thank you for supporting Flask Cap. I'm Chad Belding with the Foul Life Podcast and the Foul Life Television. Thank you all very much. Hey, everybody, it's Chad Belling with the Foul Life Podcast. I'm so excited to announce the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes. From August 1st through October 31st, 2023, go to shoot-on.com. Again, that is shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness for your chance to be entered to win over $15,000 in prizes, including a collection of Benelli Super Black Eagle 3s and 3.5-inch 12-gauge, 3 inch 20 gauge and the new 28 gauge all decked out in the new real tree max 7 camouflage pattern also included is a four thousand dollar online shopping spree from our friends at banded greenhead gear and avery outdoors 
plus three cases of ammo for each of the SBE3s from Federal Premium and a pair of Wing Shooter Alpha Shield hearing protection that are valued at over $1,400 a pair. It's the 2023 Benelli Migration Madness Sweepstakes brought to you by our friends at Banded and Federal Premium Ammunition from August 1st to October 31st. Again, go to shoot-on.com forward slash Benelli Migration Madness to be entered to win that $15,000 in prizes. I'm Chad Belding. Good luck to everybody. Opinions are like asses. Everybody wants to kick yours. Wait, what? Boy, I'm really opinionated. I wonder if anybody gives a flying rat's ass about my opinions, Tim Gooden. I don't know. Don't care. I'm just saying them. Chad's opinion matters. I really think Chad's on to something with his opinion on what real country music is. That's the music I love listening to. <laughs> The final set of Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding, featuring singer-songwriter Tim Gooden, and it's made possible by Jack Daniels, Traeger, Bad Boy Mowers, Resist All Hats, and Jack Links. Now, back to your host, Chad Belding, and Kentucky native Tim Gooden. When we broke, we were talking about the audience and maybe these you know like i made that comment earlier and then you just reiterate is that maybe we aren't their audience they don't give a shit about us country music has forgotten about the country music fan there's another song tim gooden they forgot about the authentic country music fan that grew up on country music so why are you taking away the sounds that we grew up on who in the hell are you to tell me that this is country music when so many for so many years i was told that don williams the gentle giant was country music and alan jackson was country music why are you trying to tell me that bailey zimmerman is country music now or do you think i'm a freaking idiot or are you just relating to that impressionable 18 year old girl that's going to go to country fest or, or summer fest or wherever they're going and she's like oh this is country music well no it's not so are they taking country music from us maybe they are no, I don't think they can. I mean, they're just there's alternative places to hear. I don't country music will never die. It just don't get played on the radio. I mean, that's just all there is to it. You, you, it's out there. You just gotta you gotta hunt for it a little harder. But that's where social media I think is coming into, and I think that's why you see all these people that are having blow ups and their songs are going viral is because people are finally seeing them through social media because they can't get it on the radio. And then that's what's driving the whole, I think, the whole shift right now. Do you like the idea that social media can make somebody famous like that? Or do you like the idea of coming up in the honky tonks like Travis Tritt was on my show? And he said, man, I went out one day and got me a hundred foot guitar cable. And he said, I wasn't going to just stand on that stage. I was going to go get on a table. I was going to go knock over beer bottles. I was going to make them people at the pool table, making all that racket in the back of the bar. I was going to make them know who I was and make them listen to what I was doing. You know what I mean? Like he came up in the honky tonks. That's what I say. There is no set path to success these days. It is chance and it is hard work. And it is, uh, you know, I think luck is when preparation meets opportunity. So if you're prepared and you've, you've done the work, and the opportunity arises, then you deserve everything that you get. And that's good or bad. I don't know. That's just my outlook on it. But I, I, I personally hate social media, but I know that it's a necessary evil to try to make it as an independent artist. You have to work your social media or else you'll never go anywhere with it. You got to get that following. I can't agree more. And you made a comment earlier, Tim Gooden, about staying in your lane pretty much, I think is what 
There's another song. I like that, Staying in Your Lane, because we say it so much. Man, I'm coming up with some ideas today, bro. Do you want me to send – I'm going to need to send my buddy Tim Gooden a bill here. I'm giving him all these ideas. Totally joking. Um, but you made a comment earlier, Tim, about you don't watch what these guys are doing. You, you, you're doing what you're doing. You're concentrating on yourself. You you might not necessarily even listen to Bailey Zimmerman yet. I've heard artists say I had to get off of social media because you made a comment. You made a, a, a earlier – you said – Say it again, Tim Good. And you said comparison is the thief of joy. Well, that that describes social media in a freaking nutshell. All these people go on there. Artists could go on there and be like, how in the freak am I not that big? How did she sell out that many tickets? How did he get a record deal? How did he get his own bar on Broadway? Ah, da, 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 da. And then all of a sudden you're sitting there going, I suck. I haven't gotten shit done. And that's what ha- that's what social media causes us to do, because we just sit there scrolling like crazy going man, I wish I was there. Oh man. And then they forget. And you also talked about this earlier in the conversation is we have what we have. This is who I am. I don't worry about things I can't control, but social media makes you do that. I don't care how disciplined of a mindset you have. You cannot help, but control yourself. If you sit there and scroll that shit, like most Americans do. Yeah. I mean, you know, I've done it myself. You know, you see some guy, he makes a opera debut or something. You're like, why didn't I get that opportunity? But then you got to step back and think, well, they've been working their ass off. They've put in the effort and you don't see the struggles. You don't see the dark days when they're doubting themselves too. And then they get an opportunity. You know, that's the thing. You don't, you only see the very best of everyone on social media. And I think that's the problem with it. You don't get to see the struggles behind the scenes and everything else in between. Do you think that people should be more real on social media? Do you want to show the darkness? Do you want to show the bad times? Like I think in my opinion, that people think that people give a shit and that they'll put whatever on there. And that's a weird mindset. Like I'm, I'm going to go on there and, and let these people know what my kids are wearing today on their first day of school. Who gives a shit.com go text that to the family members that care. Bad and everybody thinks their opinion is bad. Well, I know my opinion is only as good as what I think my opinion is. Everybody thinks that their opinion matters on everything nowadays, and it just don't. Nobody really gives a damn. If I believe something this way or that way, there's very little things that you're probably going to say that's going to change my mind on it. So why why waste time arguing back and forth? I see that a lot on social media, politics and all that crap, and I just ain't interested in it. It just you know, There's so much more to life. I'm not going to be on my deathbed. Thank God. If I had just replied to that fella, I could have changed his mind. You know, that ain't, that ain't going to do nothing. It's a waste of time. Like, do you look at goals being an independent artist? Like, I need to set a goal and a milestone of selling 500 hard tickets in my, on my next show in Georgia. Or when I go to South Carolina in two months on this run, I want to set a goal of selling this many hard tickets. Hard tickets, help me describe this, if you don't mind, to the audience, is you go to a festival and there might be four, seven acts on that, five acts on that, and then there's a headliner. A lot of people... <clears throat> Might love some of the beginning acts. A lot of them might be like, well, I get a chance to see this headliner. I'm going to go and I might be late to three of them and watch the last three. Those aren't hard tickets. Those are tickets that are festival tickets. Hard tickets are Tim Gooden at the Georgia Theater in Athens, Georgia tonight Mm -hmm. sold 2,100 tickets. I don't know what the capacity of that venue is, but I know a lot of people come up that play that. Do you have goals of like that? Like I want to I want to be a hard ticket seller. Oh, yeah. You want to sell out every place that you're headlining or on the bill of or, you know, at least have a hand in, in selling it out. But my, my goal is to make a good living at playing music. That's my goal. 
and then what are the steps that are going to get us there? What are the shows that we feel like would benefit us the most in getting us to that point? You know, my ultimate goal is I want to be retired by the time I'm 50 because I want to farm in a 200 acres with a house right dead dead in the center of it, growing our own garden and raising our own livestock. That's my goal. That's my ultimate goal. That's what I want out of life. Is but Tim, you didn't mention turkeys or deer or ducks on there. Do you do you like to hunt and live off the land or no? Well, yeah, you don't, you don't hunt those. I mean, you don't raise them. <laughs> <laughs> but you are going to have a farm that you can hunt, also, right? Absolutely. I mean, that's that's the ultimate goal is uh, to live simply. I guess so. We bust our ass and do all that we can to be able to achieve the life to where we can just live simply. That's what I'm after. Drake White, a good buddy of ours, uh, wrote a song called The Simple Life. He's from Alabama. And another guy that had, you know, like if you go listen, you do yourself a favor, and I don't know if you've ever done it, but go listen to the Spark album. Came out in 2018, I believe, on Big Machine. Song to song, probably could have won album of the year. I mean, it's got some. Yeah, I'm a Drake White fan. I think Drake White's a great singer-songwriter. I know he had some health issues that kind of sidelined him for a while, but uh, I've, I've been a Drake White fan for a long time. Great passion, great influence, inspiration. Mm-hmm. Sad story with his accident and the stroke, but I just was in uh, Nashville two weeks ago for his benefit for the brain at the Ryman. Jamie Johnson and Randy Hauser played it with him, and it was amazing. A great message, a great, you know, just a, a great benefit to raise money and awareness mainly of the, the brain and the mind and, and darkness or accidents, whatever you're struggling with, whether it's mental health or different parts of the brain. So Drake's he's a hard, hard worker, man. So keep pushing my brother DW. Do you uh do you have a full tour schedule that you're working on for 2024? No, we've really uh we're a little bit behind the ball on that. You know, I've been talking to a couple different uh, talent agencies to, you know, hopefully line up some more prime opening gigs and some solo headlining gigs. So uh, we're still in talks with a, a few different ones. So if that works out, then, you know, we could have a very substantial 2024. Got got a couple uh, videos that we've done with some uh, social media pages uh, that have a really good following that when they drop, I think will give us some momentum boost. I think the hill in Appalachia thing will give us some momentum boost and at least let us network some with some, uh, some of the bigger names that, you know, I look up to that could possibly lead to something or may not. I don't know, but at least we can do is show up and be kind. That's what I try to do. And then uh, you're talking about goals. I don't have hard ticket goals. My goal is to play certain venues. I've got three venues that are on my list of that. I, if I can play all three of them, then I feel like I will have accomplished something. And that is uh Renfro Valley. Let me guess. Can I guess? Go ahead. Well, you just gave one away. Say that one again. Cause I don't want to cheat. Renfro Valley in Kentucky. Okay. I like that one. Um, the Ryman. Yep. Number three is the wharf in orange beach. Nope. Alpine Valley, Wisconsin. Nope. Okay, what is it? Red Rocks. Oh shit! I should have known that. I just saw Whiskey Myers there. That, yeah, that place is badass, dude. Yeah, I like to go there. Sounds amazing. I should have said Red Rocks. I've been there for Willie, Jerry Jeff Walker. God, I love Jerry Jeff Walker, man. God rest his soul. Jimmy Buffett, rest in peace. I saw Jerry Jeff Walker. I used to go to Austin for his birthday party, and he brought he brought Jimmy Buffett out on stage at the Paramount Paramount Theater in Austin. And they did a set together. And then we went to Lukenbach. We went to the Broken Spoke. We did all that. But Jerry Jeff, man, him and uh, 
he he sang a lot of songs that that Guy Clark wrote, and Guy Clark is a songwriting son of a bitch boy. Oh, yeah. Another le- another legend. Him and him and Dean Dillon. Dean Dillon's a legendary songwriter. There's so many good songwriters. Um, there's so many of them, and it's such an art. Mm-hmm. It's so difficult. People go, I could write a song, but man. It is not easy. There's a science to it. There's education in it. There's a attention to detail. There's a way to do it with the melody and the hook and the the body of it, the context. The you know, every word needs to mean something. Every word needs to matter. You don't need filler words. Ooh, I like that. You don't need filler words. And the, I think a lot of country music has filler words. There's a lot of big songs that are going number one, and it seems like a number one today is just bought. Seems like anybody can get a number one if they got enough money pushing it at radio, which is weird to me. That's really weird. Um, are they just trying to break? I think that's what's been exciting about both the, the EP and the album that I put out is we've had zero marketing dollars and they both charted on Billboard and the top ten or you know, top fifteen on iTunes. So that that means a lot to me because we didn't have a, a thirty tigers out there pushing it or we didn't have a marketing strategy at all. We just <laughs> Told about it on social media and then let it out in the world, see what happens. I think that was, that was a cool thing to see. Yeah. I think I love that kind of energy. I love that kind of, that organic growth, I guess it would be called, mm-hmm. which is how your career is growing, but you're, you're getting the listens because of the lyric and the voice. And that's a pretty badass thing is that, uh, you know, you talk about songwriting and the lyric. Well, I got to hear country and the voice too. And again, like you made a comment earlier, like there's this, I'm not quoting you. You said a lot of it sounds the same. It's because a lot of these voices sound the same. It's almost like they've taken this, this approach of God, almost like a grunge voice. It's almost like a Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder mix that's in Nashville today. And I'm not saying that because Eddie, Eddie Vedder's good. Chris Cornell is legendary. Great. In my opinion, in the, in the rock and roll genre, um, boy, I'm really opinionated. I wonder if anybody gives a flying rat's ass about my opinions, Tim Gooden. I don't know. Don't care. I'm just saying them. But I do respect Eddie Vedder because he is an unbelievable guitar player and songwriter. He just not wasn't my favorite grunge voice. I liked, you know, the Stone Temple Pilots and what Scott Whelan was doing. I really love Kurt Cobain and I really love Cornell and 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 oh God, help me think of the 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 lead singer's name of Alice and Shane, Lane Staley. Like Lane Staley was legendary to me in that genre. But my point is is that a lot of these Nashville voices in the male genre sound like a grunge rock and roll voice to me. Does that make sense? I don't know if you even listen, but it, it comes across like a lot of them sound that way. I think, well, if you pay, if you pay attention, it was the rise of Chris Stapleton. And that's the art of Chris Stapleton is, I think everybody else is like the wish.com version of him. We're trying to be. And uh, the thing about Chris and what makes him so great, I think, is that he knows how to hold back. He's got the the most powerful voice out there. But he knows how to pull it back and make those when he really goes after those real high notes or those real tough notes that he, that's what makes him special is that he's not overdoing it. He's not not every breath he sings is wide open. And I think that's what I think it sets him apart along with about me and other things. But that's something that sticks out to me. So you think that people went after that voice? If you pay attention on mainstream, whatever's really, really hot, that's not technically mainstream or just coming up mainstream then all it seems like all the other record labels or all the other things in nashville try to emulate that success and then when it burns out they go on to the next thing and try to you'll get 25 of the same of the next thing that blows up i don't know that's the pattern i see maybe wrong no it is a pattern it's 
ever changing, I guess. And everybody is maybe getting their turn. A lot of people cut in line in the 10 year town. They jump in front of people that have been there paying their dues. I think Lanny Wilson took a 12, 12 full years to get a song on the radio. I tell you though, it's like a, I say this to a lot of people. It's my favorite Loretta Lynn quote is that you either got to be first, you got to be best or you got to be different in order to stand out. And I think, you know, I, I try to be different I, and it's not that I'm trying to be different. I'm just being me. So it just comes out as different because nobody else is doing exactly what I'm doing. How are you going to dress on stage, Tim Gooden? You're going to wear a flannel with jeans or you going to wear a, tucked in roper shirt with a big buckle uh how country are you what do you wear do you wear an old vintage rock and roll shirt or oh, this isn't one yeah this you ever heard of this cat this dude rips uh it's called um david graham and the eskimo brothers they play sturgis every year at the bike rally they're in nashville but this dude is uh he's pretty creative cat um you know what I'm saying though? Like I keep it pretty simple. My wife dresses me, so she lays out my clothes, but <laughs> uh, I wear a pair of blue jeans, boots, a button down shirt most of the time, roll the sleeves up and a baseball hat of some kind. Man, I think it's great. If you uh if we can help in any way, my brother, we do a lot of shows. If we can talk and uh and uh help out at all. I love what you're doing. I love the sound. I respect it. I hope you stay true, which I know you're gonna. Um I'd love to come see you play with Chris Knight. Chris Knight's been on this podcast five times probably, and I'm blown away every time I – you ever heard that song that he did with Leon Womack? She also cut it called Send It On Down. Dad used to own a hardware store, but Ed and him ain't around no more. Leon Womack is one of my favorites too, man. Her voice is unparalleled. You know, her husband is who brought Chris Knight to Nashville from Kentucky. He's he's the one that produced the 1999 album Chris Knight that had it ain't easy being me and 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 framed and and all the other unreal songs on. Here's a fun fact: you know the very first song I ever learned to play went the summer I, I taught myself to play guitar the summer of uh, 2005 going into my senior year of high school. You know what the very first song I ever learned to play was? If you're 35 right now, you're you probably graduated in 2007. 2006. Oh, I was off a year. 2006, seven years after that album comes out. I'm going to say Love in a 45. It Ain't Easy Being Me is the very first song I ever learned how to play. Oh, I should have just said that. I already said that one. That's the first one. Uh, that, song's, that song's genius. It took me about three months to learn how to play and sing at the same time. And the cool thing is, is that we went to a Chris Knight show. Me and my wife did. We've been married, I think year or two we went to a chris nice show and i got to meet him after the show and talk to him and tell him that hey that's the first time i learned her play and he, he was very gracious about it and then uh fast forward to last year i got to open a show for him so i mean that was that was kind of a full circle moment for me pretty cool talk about cool that's as cool as it gets i mean that's as simple as a man gets and and if you listen to the words i'm rubbing my eyes but i'm not crying but this song has made brent cobb cry when he watched it in person and it, it makes me really think and gets me emotional. It's called Rural Route. And when you listen to it, I don't know what mindset you got to be in for it to really hit you, but it's a song that like brings so much emotion out and it's so simple. But the way that he worded it, like you said, Tim Gooden, about every word matters. I'm just like, good freaking night, man. Like 
I, I'm glad that we're talking about Chris Knight because he deserves to be talked about. He deserves to be put on a pedestal, right? Like that song, Rural Rep. You could do a, I could do an entire probably series of podcasts with you just talking about Chris Knight songs, man. That guy's is- Well, we will. We'll we'll have you back on and we'll we'll do a little tribute to Chris Knight and you gotta sing a little acapella. Let me hear a little acapella of verse number two of Send It On Down because this right here, if this doesn't make you reach into your psyche and your gut and go, holy shit, is that life right there of sitting on those bleachers on a Sunday morning after you literally just booze so hard that you don't even know where you're at. And you're you're remembering being in high school, probably you're remembering Friday Night Lights. You're remembering thinking you were going to be somebody. Hold on. Let's just let's just pay a little homage before I let you go. Sitting in the bleachers at the football field I got a pretty good buzz from the quarter just killed It's a cold Sunday morning and the church bells ring I can just about hear all the good folks sing Jesus, would you say I mean, like, I am so emotional after hearing that. Like, that's what music was intended to freaking do to you, man. Like, and that's what I love about Leanne is that she had so many big hits, but she just gets it, man. She also cut Brent Cobb shine on rainy day because she just gets it. When she hears a song that, that it's country, she's like, I mean, she she sang harmonies on that with Chris, and then she actually cut it on an album. Like, does, it, does songwriting get better than that, Tim Gooden? I don't think so. You know, and that's like talking about Leanne Womack, her version of uh, Long Black Veil. There's been a lot of people cut Long Black Veil, but her version of it is by far my favorite. I couldn't agree more. I I agree 100%. What about like 1999, Willie Nelson? I think it was the Teatro album. Maybe it was a different one, but he did Mendocino County Line with her. Whew. Oh, man, that's Willie at his finest right there. And she sound amazing. That's the music I love listening to. Brother, I appreciate you being on. Let's stay in touch and let's have you on again. Yeah, and just keep building on this. I love having you on. Yes, sir, Chad. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for taking the time to have me on here. I'll be in touch with you and uh, maybe get you some ideas on a couple gigs. Uh, yeah. Hold on one sec, my man, Tim Gunn. Y'all need to get into this cat. Go download his music. He has the EP out right now, Son of Appalachia. The songs that you heard today, the lyrics you heard today, a lot of them are on there. Go get his library on Spotify, Apple Music, Pandora, YouTube, wherever you get your music, wherever you stream it from. We don't get to go to Tower Records anymore. Flip through vinyl unless you got a used record store. Some of these stores are carrying some new vinyl. But back when I wanted to hear some music, I'd go get a cassette or a vinyl. And then I'd read the cliff notes, Tim Good. And I'd go in there and I'd pull it out and I'd read every Guns N' Roses lyric on Appetite. Use Your Illusion 1, Use Your Illusion 2, written by Bill Bailey, Saul Hudson, which are the real names of Axl Rose and Slash. <clears throat> and I would be like, oh my God, this is genius songwriting. Like they were so far ahead of their time when they put out Rocket Queen. And, <clears throat> and then 1992, when You Could Be Mine came out off of Use Your Illusion 2 and was a song of Terminator 2 with Schwarzenegger. They were, those songs were genius, but I got to read the cliff notes and I got to go get Hit Parader magazine and Circus magazine and, and spin and I'd read up on these guys. And now it's just like, 
Man, you just stream it. There's no album. There's no feel. There's no culture. There's no love. There's no, like I saw this video of Adam Hood yesterday that opening his box of his new vinyls. And I'm like, that's what music is all about, man. That's the body of work. That's that's what it's all about. And we've lost that. We've lost that touch, those touchy feeling feelings that we had, those heartstrings. Like I have so many signed Chris album vinyls that when I touch them, I feel like it's the gospel. And I don't mean that anti-religion because I know what the man upstairs means. I get it. I don't push it on anybody, but his music brings that out in me. It's spiritual. And when I see his album and in the body of work that it encompasses, I lose my mind. I love real songwriting. I love real country music. That's what we had on today. This life ain't for everybody. Again, brought to you by the number one Tennessee sour mash whiskey, Jack Daniels, Lynchburg, Tennessee. Enjoy it responsibly. Never allow underage drinking. Thank you, Jack Daniels. I'll probably pour one tonight. It's Thursday, probably tomorrow night, and just sit down and listen to some of these Tim Gooden songs. I hope you all do the same. I hope you all are loving the podcast. We'll have Tim back on. This dude is a book of knowledge. I like his approach. I like his humility, and I like his songwriting, and we might even work on our new song together. Waiting on the phone to ring. Nobody wants to hear Chad sing, so shut the hell up. All right, that's another episode of This Life Ain't For Everybody. Thank you all very much. Tim, give me a second. We signing off. Thank you all for the downloads and subscriptions. We'll be back at you with another awesome guest soon. And for sure, we're having this cat, Tim Gooden, back on. Go get his music now. Appreciate y'all. On this episode of Let's Get to Know Chad Building Better, we'll be getting to know Chad Building better. So Chad, what music are you playing right now? Playing some Whiskey Myers. And who would you say is your all-time best friend? Carrie the Vox, voice of an angel, the songbird of our generation. Cody Jinks, Adam Hood, Brent Cobb, Leith Lofton, Chris Knight, Travis Tritt, Waylon. Who knows? Final question. It's been rumored that you started numerous rock bands and were the original lead singer in most of them. Which bands were they? Guns N' Roses, Metallica, Seven Dust, Slipknot maybe, I don't know, Quiet Riot, Def Leppard, Molly Crew. Huh, never heard of them. I don't want that to be forgotten. I don't want that to be taken for granted. It's because there's no ego. There's no one-uppers. Jack Daniels presents This Life Ain't For Everybody with Chad Belding. We'll return in a moment. Chad Belding! Being in the backyard at camp, being with friends and family, one thing that the pandemic did is it got us back in our backyards. It got us staying home more. And man, we just started doing so many cookouts, so much grilling. And we've been partnered with Traeger Grills for the last decade. And I don't know if you can be more innovative than what this brand has done from the new Timberline XL and the new Flat Rock, the Ironwood 885, all of their pellets, their rubs, their sauces, their glazes, their smash burger kit, you name it. Traeger Grills is awesome and we use them a ton i'm sure you've seen it on the foul life you've seen it in our social media get creative be innovative think outside of the box wild game domestic vegetables desserts pizzas you can do it all on a traeger grill and like i mentioned that timberline xl with that conduction plate i'm talking high heat reverse sear steaks anything you want to put on there gets it done in a hurry after you put a little smoke on them on the grill transfers right over so easy everything is simplified you can download the Traeger Grills app. You can find recipes. You can work with pros like Matt Pittman at Meat Church and Chad Ward at Whiskey Bent Barbecue and so many others from across the country to master these recipes. It's simple and that's what Traeger is all about. They did not want your backyard experience to be complex. So when you're thinking of fun and good food and flavor recipes, thinking outside the box, think no further than Traeger Grills. I can't wait to get back in my Traeger Grill. Just cook up something delicious. Thank you all very much. This life ain't for everybody. There you have it. 
real country music. Challenge yourself to find it. There's so many streaming platforms out there. We can find these artists. They deserve to be heard. They might not have broke yet, but they will. This guy's on the track. We want to keep spotlighting these Deemer Box Artists of the Month. We truly believe in Deemer Box and their mission to let the music be heard. We want you to hear these independent artists, these up-and-coming artists. There's a big push for authentic country music. Let's get back to what country music was, soulful and pedal steel guitar and real lyrics, making you cry or making you want to drink a little Jack Daniels, Tennessee Sour Mash Whiskey. I'm fired up. Congratulations, Tim Gooden. Thank you for coming on the show. We will definitely have you back on. We love authentic country music it doesn't always have to be mainstream i'm not saying that all mainstream country music is bad but there's a lot of music being played on country music radio right now that is not country period check out more episodes coming up of this life ain't for everybody thank you all for supporting our partners they make this happen they help me pay the bills they help our crew pay the bills this is going to be an unbelievable end of 2023 with exciting guests coming up it's the best time of the year getting ready for halloween and thanksgiving and christmas jesus's birthday i'm chad belding your host this life ain't for everybody thank you all for being here